Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about this lesson. We titled it Dealing with the Blues. And uh, so sometimes we use the color negative, sometimes positive, but how do we deal with the blues? How do we get rid of anxiety? How do we get rid of worry? And I'm going to make an observation, right? So we could call this, instead of a Joe story, a Jovation. And so let's check it out, right? And let's see uh, what I have to say. I'm 64 years old, guys. I'll be 65 in December. And I know I just shocked some of you because I know you probably thought he's got to be 63. So no, I'm, I'm 64, a little young. And, uh, <laughs> but I look back at my life when I was preparing this lesson, and I just look back at it, and I tried to remember a time in my life where a week went by where something wasn't out of place. And there's not a week that's gone by in my life where something was not out of place. Something I could worry about, something I could have anxiety over. And that's just how all of our lives are. It might be where we work. It might be our home, our kids, our grandkids, whatever it is. There's just finances, our bodies. There's just always something that's out of place. So we can always worry, right? And so what I want to do today is help us see that even if that's going on, we do not have to worry. And I like to look at it as a puzzle. And every now and then I'll put together a thousand piece puzzle. So the first thing I do is I pour all the pieces out and then I put the picture on the box in front of me and I look for all the straight edges so we can put those together first. But when I do a thousand piece puzzle, it's going to take me some days. I don't have, I can't take all day to do it. Um, and so I walk away with some pieces out of place. And I really feel that's how our life is. 64 years, something's always out of place. There's always pieces that I don't know how they're going to fit, and I can worry about that circumstance, that situation. So I want to talk about that today. I'm going to give you five principles that I use every day of my life. I found a, a creative way to remember them. I want to share that with everybody listening to my voice. And I really believe it's a life changer. But some of you, there's a percentage of you, you will put these into practice, and that worry, that depression, that anxiety will still be there, and you may need professional help. And that's okay if you do. Listen to the stats, guys. These are the stats. 8.4% of adults and 3.2% of kids ages 3 to 17 deal with clinical depression. And, and that's not to even mention anxiety disorders, right? So uh, people sometimes need professional help. And so I would encourage you, go for some help, right? Have somebody help you. And uh, we have Christian counselors in our church, so I encourage you to go to a Christian counselor, go to go a psychologist, and get some help. And sometimes you might need medicine. So I have people ask me all the time, is it okay to take medicine? Yeah. Pray, ask God to heal you. That's all wonderful. Use these principles. But until you have it, it's not wrong to take some medicine. Don't we all do that with physical injuries, right? We uh, how many of us take some painkillers when we're dealing with a physical injury, right? And I typically had a surgery. I asked my doctor, I said, that's a week's worth. I'd like two. And, uh, but I have no problems, doctor. <laughs> I'm not addicted, but I'd like two weeks, right? Or Advil or Tylenol. I'd rather not feel the pain, right? And they, they say you heal faster when you don't feel the pain. So um, it's okay to do that. Now, there's a very famous pastor. Some of you may not know him, but he, in pastor circles, he's very well known. His name is Chris Hodges. 
He pastors one of the largest churches in the country. It's in Alabama. It's Church of the Highlands. They have over 20 campuses, and they run about 30,000 people on a weekend. And so he tells a story how he never dealt with depression, never dealt with anything clinical. But one day, years ago, it hit him, just hit him. He said it was like a cloud that came on him. And he tried everything. He would know all these principles. He tried everything, and he couldn't get rid of the depression. Finally, he went for help, and God was able to help him. He was able to become free. But he wrote a book. It's called Out of the Cave. I highly recommend it if your kids or you are dealing with this issue, or if you just want to learn more so you can help other people. It's a great, great book. So sometimes we need special help. But uh, e even if you get your help or the rest of us guys, we still deal with anxiety and worry. I thought this stat was interesting. 60% of U.S. adults deal with worry daily. That's daily. That's crazy, right? So 60% of us are dealing with worry daily. Sometimes it switches off. Some people deal with it all the time. And again, there's not a week in my life that goes by, typically not a day where I could really worry about something. I could really... Uh, have anxiety over it. And that's just life, right? I thought this next stat was fascinating. It goes like this, guys. 90% of what we worry about never comes to pass. Isn't that crazy? That's a lot of wasted worry, right? And so I'd rather not waste my worry. And anyway, even if the 10% that's going to come to pass, even if you worry about it, you're not impacting it at all, right? So uh, we want to find out what do we do to deal with worry? So I have a big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. It goes like this. You can experience peace while you're figuring out the pieces. And just think of that puzzle, right? So whatever you're going through, whatever could cause worry or anxiety, you can experience peace while you're trying to figure out the pieces. And, and, and Jesus has taught us how. The Bible teaches us how. So that's my heart. That's my goal uh, today. And here's what Jesus said. I think it's fascinating. John 14, 27, Jesus speaking. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. So Jesus left Christians. If you've accepted Christ, he's placed this inside of you. It's a supernatural peace from heaven. It's inner peace. He put it inside of us. Isn't that amazing? He goes on to say, um, I, I do not give to you as the world gives. So the world's peace is if everything's okay, you have peace. If something goes out of whack, you don't have peace anymore, right? And then he says this, I think it's so powerful. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So he gave us a supernatural peace. Uh, Harrison Ford, most of us know who he is, right? His movies have grossed over $2 billion. He has a new one coming out that looks pretty cool. He's said to be uh, worth north of $300 million. And guys, just think, fame, money, house on the ocean, yachts, jets. He has everything. He never has to worry. Even with inflation, he's not worried about, how am I going to pay for this, right? Um, he has no worries whatsoever. He was being interviewed, and the interviewer uh, said to him, is there anything you don't have that you like to have? And here's what he said, one thing, inner peace. I thought that was fascinating. He had everything the world could offer, but he said, I, I don't have inner peace. And this world will not give it to you, but Jesus gave it to you. And then listen to this, Colossians 3.15. And let, the word let, you, you can translate it this way, allow. And let or allow the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. 
So we have to do something to allow it. So that's what I'm going to show you today. And I have five principles. Um, the second principle will release supernatural peace instantly, but you need the one before and the three after in order to maintain it. So it says, allow the peace that comes from Christ to rule in your hearts. That means control you so you don't have any worry, any depression, and, and anxieties. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We'll talk about this thing called thankfulness in a moment. But I thought this was interesting. You and I can't have peace with people, right? Unless we're at peace in here, right? And it's important. So if I'm not in peace, Gina knows it, you know, she'll call me grumpy, right? And, and uh, say, what's wrong? And I go, oh, nothing. And she'll say, it's a tone. And I'll say, what's a tone? Guys don't know what tones are, but she'll say, it's a tone. And, and, and so uh, if I'm not at peace, everybody around me knows it. And it's hard to be at peace with people when you're not at peace yourself. So uh, we're going to find out how to allow this peace. So every now and then, I come up with an acrostic. And here's our acrostic, guys. It's erase. And so... Uh, we're going to talk about something we should embrace, something we should release, something we should ask for, something we should seek, and something we should enjoy. And, and, and I love erase because if you learn to do this, you'll erase anxiety and, and, and worry right out of your life. You'll just erase it. doesn't mean things won't hit you, but you'll get rid of them as soon as they hit you. So I'm excited about erasing these things. And let me tell you what happens in my life. Every morning of my life, I use this. It only takes a minute now. And, uh, but it was awkward at first because, you know, you just kind of memorize these things. But now it's like the most quick thing ever. And, and I can be going through the middle of the day, and then I hear something that I could worry about, and I immediately erase it. Like, I'm going to erase this. And so many of you are doing these principles. I'm just putting them all together. What you release will bring supernatural peace. But you also need to embrace something, you need to ask for something, you need to seek something, and you need to enjoy something. So let's talk about our first one. It goes like this. We must embrace hope. Hope. I'm going to talk about hope in a general sense, and then I'll make it specific as we go on with some stories. But I want to give you a story. Um, in the Old Testament, it, the Jewish people, they were under what's called the Law of Moses. And they made this covenant. God made it through Moses with them. And God said this to them. He said, if you follow me with all your hearts, I will bless you. But he says, if you walk away from me, these curses will come on you. So all of us are glad we're not under, the Bible says Christians aren't under the curse of law. We're really glad for that. And if you read Deuteronomy 28, there were three major curses. Um, one was financial poverty. The other was sickness. God said, they'll run you down. They'll cling to you. And the other one was being taken captive and literally being carried away from their homes. And so they disobeyed God. They walked, not just disobeyed, they walked so far away from him. Uh, this one's hard for me to believe, but at this time, some of them were practicing worshiping this God where you throw your kids, your babies into a fire and sacrifice them to this God. Something's got to be wrong if you're doing something like that. But they walked so far away from God, and they were doing everything the Bible says not to do. So God sent Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. He sent him to Israel. He defeated them, and he took them captive back to Babylon. And here's what God said through Jeremiah. You'll be here 70 years. How many of you think that's hopeless, right? 70 years. 
guys my age, they're not leaving Babylon, right? They're, they're going to die there. And so that's crazy, crazy, crazy. And they're hopeless 70 years. That's hopelessness. And it kind of reminds me of the world we live in. Not as bad, but guys, the Bible says that you're a pilgrim. You're a sojourner on the earth. You are children of heaven. If you've accepted Christ, uh, you're, you're heavenly born on the inside. Heaven's our future destination, but we're living in the world. We're not of the world, right? And so we're kind of living in our own Babylon, and they weren't put in chains. They weren't treated like the children of Israel in Egypt. Uh, they were allowed to live there, but they were ripped from their homeland, uh, ripped from the temple of God, which was so important to them. Uh, God wasn't in their hearts at the time, and they could not go to their temple. It's in Jerusalem. They're here. So God sends Jeremiah to give them some hope. And what he's going to share with them, is it for them? Yes. But the principles throughout the Bible, it's for us too. So let, let's see what happens. Jeremiah 29, 4. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, that would be Jesus, God, the son says to all the captives, he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. So remember they're being punished for their lifestyle, but God's going to come to them and, and he's going to infuse hope into them. And, and guys, we can have hope no matter what we're dealing with. Listen to the next verse, verse five. He says, build homes and plan to stay, plant gardens and eat the food they produce, marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. I like that. Some of you say, I'd like to go back under the law so I can pick someone and tell my kid, you're getting married and have some grandkids for me right now. Um, multiply, do not dwindle away. He wants them to increase their numbers, right? Can I ask you a question? Do these two verses seem to be positive? He's infusing some hope. You can enjoy Babylon while you're there. And then listen to verse seven and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you again into exile. So Jesus said something similar. He said, you're the light of the world. Let your light shine. He says, do good deeds. And so he's telling this bless wherever we live. So God's called us to bless and be a blessing. And that's what he's telling them to do. And I love the next half, pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. And I want you to just think about it. This is Babylon. These are uh, not God-fearing people. They're not God followers. They're uh, idol worshipers. They're terrible people doing all kinds of sins, doing all the sins that Israel did to be, be sent there. And what does God say? Pray for them. And isn't that what God sent, says to us in 1 Timothy? He says, pray for your leaders. Why? I, I love it. Got to read it one more time. Take a, take a look at it. For its welfare will determine your welfare. So he's giving them some hope. He's saying you can have a good life even in Babylon. We can have a good life even down here. Will we still have troubles? Yeah. Will persecution come if we live for Christ? Yeah. Depending on what nation, it will come even at a higher level, but God is encouraging them. But the next verse we want to look at, this is iconic. It is so famous, guys. It's, it has to be, minimum, on 200 million plaques all over the world. It's just on a plaque hanging on people's walls. It's on probably a billion coffee cups, just, just a scripture reference. It is so famous. And you know what? The principle is true for us. And, and look, look at the hope God gave them. Listen to this, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you. Does God have plans for us, guys? Yeah, according to Psalm 139, 16, when you were in mama's belly, 
God said, I wrote all my plans and everything I wanted to do with you. It's been written in a book in heaven. That's, that's, what, that's why you pray, God, not my will, but your will be done. Whatever your will is for me in heaven, put it in me. God has plans for us, guys. It goes on to say, uh, read, they are plans for good, so they're not bad, and, and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Some of them will never leave Babylon. So, guys, this is for them to take right there and say, even though I'm captive, yeah, I repented. I don't like what's happened. I, I, I made the mess I'm living in. But God says, I have plans for you to give you a future and hope. Guys, how much more for us? God has plans for you to give you a future and a hope. So in general, I remind myself of this. I love what Romans reads. Listen to Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If you read the things above, it's all the persecutions and troubles Paul went through for following Jesus. And that will happen depending on where we live at higher levels. But he goes on to say, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's hope. You know what? I'm going through a relationship, crazy thing. But if God be for me, who can be against me, right? Maybe it will work out. Maybe it won't. But God's going to not, he is not going to allow me to be stranded. He's going to put my life back together and I'm going to go forward. You're dealing with this area, that area. Guys, if God be for you, who can be against you? And I love verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, Jesus, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So that's the future, the kingdom, right? We're going to live in the kingdom of God. We're going to go to heaven. He's going to give us his kingdom. But guys, even now, God wants to bless you. And so whatever you're going through, I like to remind myself. If I'm dealing with something in my body, I like to remind myself by his stripes, I've been healed. And I just remind myself, I grab that hope. If I'm dealing with something financial, I remind myself that my God can supply all my needs according to his resources, not what's going on around me, not what time I'm living in and place I'm living in, not who I am, but according to his resources. So I like to embrace that hope that God can put my life back together, even if it's falling apart. That's the first thing I like to do. And then I do this. I release worries. This brings supernatural peace. You and I can release worries and we can release supernatural peace. You know, the Bible says, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. You weren't made to carry your burdens and God says, cast them on me. And so I like what Philippians says. Take a look at this. Philippians chapter four and verse six, and it reads this way. Do not be anxious. Don't worry about anything. But in every situation, no matter what you're dealing with, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And someday we can te teach deeper, but it just means give it to God, right? Present your request to God. So this is telling you whatever you're going through, say, God, I need you to fix it. I'm not going to carry it. I'm casting this on you and I need you to fix it. And I love what the next verse reads. Listen to verse seven and the peace of God. That's the supernatural peace Jesus put in your hearts. And you receive verse seven when you do verse six. So if you do verse six, that's why I've been saying supernatural peace that came from heaven comes up here. And it says, which transcends, that means to supersede all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I love this. And I, guys, every morning when I take anything I could worry about and I give it to God, I, I just 
I just watch, that piece floods my mind. It's just absolutely amazing. Your understanding is the part of us that can calculate, right? Two plus two equals four. And you're looking at your situation. And if you look at it in reality, it's like, yikes, I'm going to have some trouble. But then you give it to God. You say, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm not carrying the burden. I ask you to fix it. And God says, and peace comes. Doesn't make sense. Why am I peace? Well, it's supernatural, guys. It's pretty cool. And yet, if we don't embrace hope, if we don't ask for what we're going to talk about through the, the next three, uh, it will be short-lived. And so we can erase it so it doesn't come back by doing all five of these principles. But God, it is magical to have peace flood your hearts. It's beautiful. So we do that by releasing. But then we need to do this. The A stands for ask for grace. So when it comes to salvation, we say we're saved by grace, not by works. But every other place in the New Testament where the word grace is used, you could, you could give it this definition. God's ability that supersedes our ability. That's what grace is. God, I, I need your help. I need you to supernaturally give me the, the ability to live in this relationship, right? I, I need you. And so uh, listen to this, guys. It's pretty cool. Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest. That's Jesus who is unable to empathize. Aren't you glad he can empathize with you? Uh, with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted or tested in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So we'll, we'll read the next verse in a moment. But, but listen, Jesus is God who always existed, but he came into a human body. He had to deal with this, a human head. Human heads, man. They go on trips, don't they? And some of us more so than others. Uh, I'm a deep thinker, and I like to say I am never the brightest person in any room, even if there's two people in there. I'm typically not the brightest person. But I think deep, uh, whether it's good or bad or it's meaningful. And, and when you're a deep thinker, man, oh, gosh, you need some help. And so Jesus is saying, I was tested and tempted for sin, all kinds of areas. But you know what else he was tested in? To worry. His mind wanted to worry too, just like our mind. Even though he's supernatural, came from heaven, even though we're born of God and on the inside we're God's kids, our mind wants to worry. And so he, he empathizes. He says, you know what? I know that. I know what that's like. I can help you with that. I overcame it. I'll help you overcome it. And then the Bible says this. Listen to verse 16. Let us, the Christian, then approach God's throne of grace. I love that it's called the throne of his grace, his ability that can supersede ours, right? With confidence so that we may receive mercy. Sometimes we need the mercy of God. Sometimes I'm going for help and I caused the problem. So I say, Father, yeah, that was me. Sorry about that. And then we go on. It says, and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so we say, God, I gave this to you. I believe you're going to fix it. I'm embracing hope, but I st I'm still living in it. It's, it's still, I'm, I, I'm still facing it. Would you give me a grace to live in it? It's kind of like Gina. I'll tell you a Gina story. No, uh, Gina lives with me, right? We had a conversation not too long ago. We'll be married 40 years in the fall. And she says, I've told you this since we've been married. When will you uh, get better at this? Well, eventually, eventually I shall overcome it. But she's so sweet. But I'm, I'm telling you, she has to go to God and say, give me a grace to live with this guy. Uh, you know, it might be a tone. I'm a, I, I don't know. I guess I have tones, but I don't know it. So I always say, what's a tone? Um, I know what it is, but I don't notice it, right? 
and so she has to go to God for grace a lot, right? Just say, give me a grace to live with Joe. It's called Joe Grace. And so, um, or we could say husband grace, right? And, and so guys, um, whatever it is, sometimes you're dealing with a relationship, not your mate, and it's not changing. Uh, sometimes your finances, you give it to God, you ask him to fix it, right? But it's still there. I need a grace to live in it now, God. God, I need a grace to deal with what's happening in my body. You just ask him for grace. But then I love this next one. The S stands for seek direction, right? And in general, we should always say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Show me what, what to do. What's, what college should I go to, Lord God? Um, who should I marry? Is this the right person? You know, uh, should I take the job? Shouldn't I take the job? What should I do, God? Uh, and so in general, we're always doing that. But this is talking about seeking direction for what you're dealing with. And I love Proverbs 3, 5. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Again, God can give you a direction that you don't even think about. And then verse 6, in all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. That just means, God, not only do I need your grace, should I confront this person? Shouldn't I? Should I have a talk? Shouldn't I have a talk? And, and, and every now and then, Gina has to say, Joe, can we talk? And I go, am I in trouble? Um, you know, it, it, is this something I've been doing that I don't know I've been doing? Because, I'm, you know, I'm a, just a dumb guy. And so I just need to know, Lord God, or Gina. And uh, maybe that's the same. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just need to know. why. And what do I do? What do I do, right? Uh, or uh, your finances. Lord, what do I do? Uh, I, I ask for grace. I I, I, I ask for, um, you know, all this help. I'm embracing hope, but what move should I make? Should I go to the doctor? Shouldn't I go to the doctor? Should I have the surgery? Shouldn't I have the surgery? And so you just ask for direction. And, and, and notice again, in all your ways, recognize and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. I like that. And you, you say, I don't know how to know what God wants. He'll make it so plain. He'll give you a peace. You just know, yeah, that's what I should do. Or you, you have a lack of peace. No, I, I need to just sit on this, let God work on it, and not do anything with it. And so this is how I erase, and I can do it in a minute. And I just, I'll just say, God, I need direction. Show me what to do, what not to do. God, I need your grace, right? God, I release this. God, I'm going to embrace hope, embrace hope. And then the last one, so cool, learn to enjoy God. And what do I mean by that? Well, listen to Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. So that's a double emphasis. This is really, really important. Nehemiah 8.10 reads, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's such an important thing. So it, it connects to being thankful. I think it's good, and I do it in my life. Anytime I have a testimony, something God did, I'll write it down. And sometimes I'll remind myself if he did something in my finances, I'll just bring it up and remind myself or in my body, I'll bring it up, you know, but notice what this says, rejoice in the Lord. This is just, this is just because you're a Christian guy, guys, God has done so much in our lives that we can just begin to rejoice and thank him for those things at any time. And I like to look at rejoicing or just thanking God, being joyful over what he's done for us because we become a Christian. I look at it like you and I in a dark room. Let's imagine you're in a dark room, the door's shut, there's no windows, it's totally black, and you just turn the switch on and the lights come on. Darkness disperses, right? 
And when you learn to be joyful, there's nowhere in our minds and our hearts or very little place for worry or anxiety to stick. It just can't stick. Uh, it's, you're not a sticky person for that type of thing. So I have learned, I do this, and then I try to do this regularly, just to begin to thank God for all he's done in my life with all my issues, with all my problems, with your issues, your problems. We all have them, right? Guys, we're on our way to heaven. We are blameless and holy in the sight of God. That's pretty, pretty cool, right? He has made us his children. That's pretty, pretty cool too. He loves us. Do you know that God loves you equal to any person on this earth? Let me say it this way. There's no one on this earth he loves more. He loves you as much as anybody else. And so you're loved by the creator of the universe. And I just remind myself of that. And here's what happens. Worry and anxiety is erased. And sometimes when you first begin to do this, it tries to come back in an hour, sometimes 10 minutes. I just do it again. Now I've just gotten to where I believe it so much and I've just gotten to where it's second nature. I can get rid of it quick. As soon as I hear bad news, I just erase it. And, and I'm confident God's going to show me how to handle it. I'll deal with it. But I refuse to worry because it does no good. Now, I don't know about you over in Borman, here in Warren, online. Guys, are you excited that God's given us these incredible principles to erase worry and anxiety? Are you excited you don't have to live with it? Can we just say thank you, God? We thank you, Lord God. And, and can you agree? We're, we're not denying it. Uh, we're not denying our situation. We're just saying, let's get this to God. Let's get some direction from God. Uh, let's, let's allow God to give us a grace, right? Let's embrace hope. There's always hope in every situation and God will do amazing things. So listen, in Borman here more, and we want to pray in a moment. There might be some of you that need special prayer. Like you, you just, it's like you want to jump start at the end of every service in Borman here in Warren or in TCI too. Um, we, we have elders that come up and, and they'll be up here right after I dismiss to pray for you. So if you need prayer, uh, just come up. It can be for any area, not just this. But if there's something you want someone to agree with you, you want them to help you release it to God, just come up in just a moment. In, in the meantime, can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this incredible thing called peace. And uh, we thank you that we can erase worries, anxieties, even anger, Lord, we can do the same thing with anger. We thank you for that, Lord God. You're so, so good. Thank you. And as we walk through our week, Lord, help us to do this thing. Help us, Lord God, because only you can do it. And I thank you for doing it in every one of our lives. Guys, I want you to look up one more time. I did forget that. Guys, here's the last. Can you put the last one up there, guys, for me? Um, I've got to give this. You can take a picture of this. You can go to, to the lesson. Go to this lesson. Everything on PowerPoint will come up. And you can just take a picture, copy it, uh, write it, and then just begin to practice. So I, I, I'm sorry I forgot that, man. I am slipping. I'm going to worry about that all day. Okay. No. I, no, I'm not. Let's bow our heads again. Let, let's pray. <laughs> Thank you, Lord God. Let's get into an attitude of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. I, fe I felt the text come in on my, my, my phone, and I knew, I, and then it, oh, I forgot something. Thanks, guys, for texting me. All right. You're so good, Lord God. Maybe you're listening. Maybe you're not sure of your eternity. I want to give you an opportunity. I really, 
that's when you receive supernatural peace. So, hey. You know, and you, you may have gone through life not even believing God exists, or maybe you've been a member of a church, you've been water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things, but there has to come a moment in your life where you accept Christ as your Savior, and you make it real. And he died so you can live, and God raised him from the grave, and the Bible says, whoever calls on his name, he will save. And if you're listening to my voice and you can't remember a day when you accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. If you call on his name, he'll give you that peace. He'll wash your sins away. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If, if you're praying for the first time, simply mean it. The rest of us, can we help and pray over in Borman, TCI, here in Warren, online, pray with us? And just say this after me. Say, Father God, I realize... I was born sin-stained, and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins, and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God who always existed, came to earth to save us, that you died on the cross for our sins. You were buried for three days and three nights, and God raised you up out of that grave. So this day, I accept you as my Savior. And I ask you to give me grace to follow you and become a disciple. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.